NiceCo is hand-inked in Cleveland, Ohio. Contact them at NiceCoprints.com for all your screen printing needs. From shirts to masks, NiceCo believes there's no better billboard for your business than the space across your chest. Visit NiceCoprints.com. That's N-Y-C-E-C-O-P-R-I-N-T-S dot com and enter the promo code BRUTEN for 10% off your next purchase. And then go follow them on Instagram at NiceCo. Calm, balanced, delight. Your CBD on the go. At Delight Cafe, our water-soluble hemp extract powder drink packets provide a consistent dose of CBD on your time. Quickly find your calm, balance, and delight when you need it most. This is a THC-free, odorless, tasteless, and colorless organic CBD supplement. Go to delightcafe.com and enter the promo code BRUTEN for 30% off your next purchase. Make sure you follow them on Instagram at Delight Cafe. Welcome to another episode of Friday Late Show. On this episode, we have the very hilarious Vince Morris. Uh, I've been a fan of Vince since I met him. I heard about him from another friend of mine um, who told me, you know, you got to see Vince, you got to see Vince. He's uh, what you could be if you were funny. <laughs> uh, Vince's style is uh, energetic and thoughtful, which is a hard thing to find sometimes. That'd be both of those. Um, he's actually gave me a lot of great advice over the years, so I was happy to have him on the podcast to talk about comedy. Uh, if you can, to see the thing that made me realize he's a killer, it's a um, Def Jam comedy uh, episode on... HBO Max right now with Capone is like the main character, the main comic on the episode. But watch that episode. It has a Dale Givens, I believe, and Vince Morris. And he fucking kills it. And he's been doing so since. So please enjoy this episode like I did. Thank you. On this episode of Friday Late Show, of a, a very big inspiration to me on, in my comedy career. Uh, like, kind of like a big brother who I don't see often. <laughs> but show some love for Vince Morris. What are you doing, man? What's going on? Hold on. <laughs> yeah, man. Like, Hold on one second. I gotta give myself a round of applause. Go ahead. No to you. I've always heard about you before I met you. Uh, you know, we got a mutual friend, Rob Ward. Um, and he is, like, when mm-hmm. he, I remember he first worked with you, I think it was at Akron. He he called, called me like man you got see Vince Morris man like you could get good like your style of comedy could work <laughs> like man you gotta get good like Vince man whatever you could do man you see Vince around town man try to work with him you know he'll get you together that's y'all y'all kind of the same kind of style and I looked you up on uh, Def Jam and I'm like damn that was that was pretty dope he went to the hood spot and was just black <laughs> like it was just like yeah I ain't gotta do. We all know that I'm right. talking about it. We all got the same shit. I'm just talking how I talk. My perspective is just as I act out the same right. shit. Just I'm saying different stuff. The shoe shit is my favorite part. Ah, like yeah, I wear athletic right. shoes, and I'm not gonna make y'all feel bad for doing it. But my shoes are for people like me. So it's like it's, I like that. I just like the way you own yourself 
And even you oh, told me okay. things to do differently when we talk about comedy. You'd always give me good tips on how to do this better and do that better when it comes to performing. Well, I appreciate it, man. Um, everybody, you know, I'm, I'm a fan of comedy. So um, any comic that wants to hang out and talk, you know, um, whatever kind of style they have, I'm, you know, hopefully I can influence and be, you know, you can help me as well, vice versa. So I'm just a fan of the game and everybody's styles are different. So that's the most important part of it. Everybody's styles are different. And that is what needs to be looked at and embraced, you know, because um, a lot of times, you know, styles are kind of divided and people say this style is no good. This style is better, you know, but you know, it's, it needs to be embraced because comedy is an art form, man. You know, it comes in all types of, uh, of deliveries, all types of uh, thought process, all types of, uh, you know, uh, appearances. So I appreciate that, man. I think uh, the thing you just said about comedy, I like comedy more as an art than a business, which um, I, like, I like the I like to actually perform and tell the joke more than trying to be big, trying to do the extra promotion stuff. Like, I don't really, a lot of comics find peace in saying that, you know, they got booked on the show and it's like, the stats aren't real. Like, we don't have, we're not in the paper. (laughs) Like, we don't have, like. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, it it goes hand in hand. I mean, I I was never big. I was never, I needed to be. I was never big in promotions. You know, I was, that's never my thing. I was, even to this very day, I got to get better at the uh, social you know, uh, a media game in a sense that, you know, promoted myself, like, come out and watch me. I was never, I've never been that kind of cat that would tell someone, come watch me, come watch me. I'm funny. You know, come out to the show, you know, and put up flyers and stuff. Some guys do it, man. Some, you know, I, I admire that part. And that's, that's really something I wish I would have done better, you know, because um, it's not, well, getting big, going back to what you said, getting the gig itself was good. You know, but also wanting to have build that fan base, you know, from that, so you can develop a, a niche of people to come out just to see your shit. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if we have the same draw now either, though. Like at least in Cleveland, I haven't seen it like where there's one comedian everybody comes out to see that's local. Yeah, like most of well, that's them. That's good. Once they get a buzz, they leave. <laughs> oh, okay. Now, I mean, just for your own personal. You know, no matter where you go, I mean, as far as showing love to your hometown, home city, but if you if you move to Wyoming, wherever you, you know, you still have to promote yourself, you know, in, in a sense of building the following of people who want to hear your style, your your point of view, you know, and your perspective. So that's something I wish I would have worked on a little more as far as promotion of that, you know. But do you think that you would, uh, like how long have how long you been doing comedy? How many years? But but. About two weeks. All right. <laughs> no, but like when you first started, now I've been, now I've been a few decades. Yeah. So like when you first started, uh, the game changed in like maybe a, a six year uh, frame, like a window, I should say, where it went from you could be on MySpace and care if you wanted to, then you could make make a Facebook event maybe to you have to be on Instagram constantly. Like before, you could be kind of passive and put up things as they came as you felt. Then it had to be twenty four hours every day. You have to post something. That type of it it changed so fast. Cause I started with YouTube, but we didn't have to. Mm-hmm. We could do once a month, and it was okay. <laughs> well, you know, it just goes into uh, 
I think it goes, it lends itself to the attention span and to the lack of appreciation that people have of it being an art form and just relying on it being, uh, just relying on it being good within itself. Like, let's go to a comic club. Who are you going to see? I don't know. The club always has good comics. Let's go up there. You know, it, 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 that that part's gone. Now it's up to I have to see this person. Let me let me look up this person and Google his or her life to the extent that I actually want to make the decision if I want to go see that person. You know, <laughs> and then you know, so then so then you're on the other end of, of the spectrum, hustling like, you know, like a motherfucker trying to you know get people to like you off stage so they can come see you on stage. <laughs> huh. I think that's where the balance shifted. Where being off stage was bigger than on stage. Mm-hmm. But being on stage is ultimate, you know, because you got to bring it. You got to, you know. But I think the approach, you know, I it's there's some upswings to it because you can, if you are that type of person that want to, you know, be online every, you know, five, six, seven minutes posting stuff, you know, because that's a that's a job within and of itself. Then that's you know that's not a bad thing because that promotion is there. It's built in. You are in control of it, which is a bad. It's not a bad thing at all. That's a good thing. You know, but I think also, too, people expect it now. You know, you, you they expect you to be posting, you know, every single day, day in and day out, which is cool if that's what you're doing. But if you're doing double duties, you know, which it works out because, you know, people who, who do it well, they got that fan base and those people come out to see them. You know, and then you can get revenue. I'm assuming if you get like a whole bunch of followers just on you, whatever the Instagram is, you verify or whatever that, you know, that number is and this, that and the other, you get advertisements. So people, you know, they're going above and beyond what comedy is as, as far as stand up, you know, they're doing little skits, you know, they're doing, you know, little vignettes, little short, you know, little movies, whatever they're doing and they're creating it, which is cool, <laughs> you know, but just going to a comedy club and not knowing you who you're going to see and just trusting that it's going to be a good show. That's, that's slowly fading. <laughs> I know that's the part I don't like because people come out the show still, but their expectations is weird. What they say comedy is like for them, it should be a lot of nice statements, but mean to the people you don't like, but like people will complain about words without context. Mm hmm. So even if you are a good enough comedian to have a joke that you did, you know, walk through the minefield and not blow up, somebody will still say you didn't do it properly and misquote you or tell you what you meant. Somebody is, as far as in the business or no, somebody like audience an, an members, audience member? Complainers. The audience members. Oh, well, yeah. They're gonna, yeah. They're gonna, man, complaining, you know, is built in. That's life. But it's now it, complaining is almost as as much as an art form as the actual performance because people come out specifically just to fucking complain. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? People come out, they, they motherfuckers get dressed, put their best outfit on just to come out just to find something wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So that's a slippery slope we're on, man, as, as, as far as performance, you know, and I don't know. That's rough. It's rough because, you know, people are, the audience is starting to slowly control the performer's career. Yeah. Well, how did you, cause it's the thing that a lot of comics don't do It's not like most comics can't do all three things like comics before where they can tell a good joke. The structure of the joke is good and they performed it. 
like a lot of comics now can do either a joke and perform it, but the structure's trash. Or not structure trash, but it's like they're they're uh, acting their way through the joke because it's not really the funny's there, but they're not really displaying it properly. Or they can do better. Yeah. People are laughing, but it's like they could be better. It's comics. I don't think are complete comics anymore. Like I think, okay. even myself, I look at myself and say, okay, if I write a good joke, I'm not really acting. I don't think I'm about to act out. Or if I do a good act out and stuff, sometimes the joke order will be like, damn, you can, you shouldn't do this joke here. Like I'm still making rookie mistakes. So it's like, damn. I've seen comics go up there on some. I'm gonna do a quick ten minutes, and everything they did was in order and it worked, and they acted out, but it was new shit. Like I've seen you go up on some. I'm just going to jump on stage real quick and do a set. And it was, yeah. I mean, Grant, I know you're a professional, but there's <laughs> still things you're like, damn, he ain't got, he ain't going to miss no shots. Like, that's just how it is. He's stupid. <laughs> um, you know, I think, I mean, it just it depends on how you want to present it. I mean, because it's always been a group, it's always brought, that goes, it, it's always been, a question as to what makes a joke a good joke, what makes a good uh, performance a good performance, you know, because some comedians don't want, they don't have the ability to act out. Some That's not in their, their rhythm. So that doesn't necessarily mean they're not a good comic. You know, you just work with whatever means you have. You know, if you, if you are able to be physical and you physical, then that's, you know, that's a different style all the time. Or some guys just stand flat-footed, don't, you know, there's no, no physicalities to it. You know, it's just all in who you are individually that you, how you want to get that, that joke through. Because, because you're the vessel, how you filter in that joke through your own vessels, what makes you unique. And if you're comfortable with acting out, then you do that. If you want to be more comfortable, then that's what you practice on. If you don't want to, you know, then you don't. But, you know, there's no, there is a rhyme and reason to how it works. You know, some guys are better at it. Than some some guys are better at the act out, like you say. Some guys aren't, and the creativity part of it is what needs to still always be in there, no matter what. You know, you can be the most physical comic in the world, but if you're creating, you know, you're clever with it, then that you know that's that's even better. Or you can just not move at all and still be you know creative. You know, some guys, you know, not creative at all. They, you know, they jump around and hop around and just, you know, so it just, it varies, man. It varies because some, you know, some guys care, some guys don't care. So what makes you care? Because like, you know, guys from when you started or even your era, some of them been doing the same stuff forever and others, like what keeps you motivated? Because you could just go off name recognition and not have to give a new product, but you still do. I, as an individual, for I mean, individual, I mean, what makes I don't know. I I personally, like I got. I mean, I personally don't. I don't. I, what keeps me going is the fact that I don't want to say the same shit over and over again. You know, this is the exact same way. You know. Also, too, I'm working on some stuff. Where I got some heavy duty shit that I'm like, I know if I say this right now, the whole place is gonna get up and probably have to stretch and sit back down. <laughs> you know, and, and ask for the check real quick, you know, and start asking for valet and shit. You know, I can walk a room, but not on purpose, you know, but that's not how the, the temperament going to be. So I got to, I got to filter in some of that hardcore shit with my ability to be physical and to, you know, weave in and out of the crowd. So that makes it fun for me because before old school events, I would just line that shit up and be like, like a Gatling gun. Here it comes. You know, 
And you know, it works, but you know, to a certain extent. But I found for me, I've had I have more fun when I utilize my other my other skill set, which is improv, which is you know, slipping it in, slipping it out, you know. So that's how I got, you know, that, that, that makes it more enjoyable for me, you know, and fun because otherwise that should have just be, you know, one after another. Motherfuckers just be like, oh, damn, <laughs> you know. But like, all right, so when I watched your Def Comedy Jam uh, set, the thing that stuck out to me that made me like really fuck like become a fan was when, your context, you did like you were doing the same, like you were talking the same stuff, but about different things. Like you were talking mm-hmm. to them the same way. Like, how yeah. did you get that? Like, were you always was like, what was your style in the beginning to how did you evolve to a day well, walker style, type thing? That Def Jam was different from how I originally started too. So my style, my style originally, well, not really. I was different in the sense that it was geared towards more. Uh, it was a black audience. It was geared towards us and our experience. But the basic part of it was the same. I've always been a, uh, a fan of, I, I can write a joke. I mean, just set up punchline, set up punchline, you know. So that that part is how I started out, you know. I started out with the rest of the people, you know. they If you were clever, can you read a newspaper and find something clever in the newspaper and, you know, misdirect somebody and come up with a joke? I'm like, yeah, I can do that shit all day. So that's how I started, you know. And then you gravitate towards how you're going to present that same style to a black audience. And it does, it did, it doesn't translate as the same because black audiences aren't really, we're not structured to listen to the setup punchline, that kind of, that kind of way. Mm-hmm. It's always given to us in a different kind of entertaining kind of a way. That's how we receive shit. So, you know, that's the part that's more challenging because I didn't start out like that. So that's the part where, how do I get this, particular point of view that I want to say across to us in a way to where they're actually receiving it on a, on a level that they can go get cool as opposed to them saying, Hey, this dude is, you know, where this is too much. It's too heavy. Or this isn't my, you know, this is not my thing right now. So and if I had a chance to do that Def Jam set all over again, I, if I do the exact same jokes, I would do it different. I would, my presentation would be a lot different right now. I mean, you know, I could do it. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 w- I would do it a lot in, in, in the vein of a lot more of a, I would be a lot looser. Mm. A lot, way more loose than I was before. A lot looser. Um, when you did Def Jam, was it real tense in the room or was it like just a laid back environment and people came to laugh? Like, was, how was that crowd in real life? Because on TV, of course, is one thing, but how did it really, how did it feel being a, recording a Def Jam set? Uh, it was it was frightening, you know. Let I me mean, you scare anytime you do TV, you know. You the, the object is to try to be relaxed as possible, and then Def Jam, you know that, that this the element of it being Def Jam, you know, uh, it, it was nerve wracking, but it wasn't like a normal crowd because no TV taping is a normal crowd because the lights are on and just a different energy. But you have to make it your own, and I was learning, you know, I was learning how to make that the space my own and come across polished, not, you know seem as if I'm, you know, if I'm nervous or not, but if I had a chance to do all over again, with that particular, that type, the exact same set, the exact same material, I would be a lot looser and it would come, I would be more, 
I mean, I'm proud of what I did back then. Yeah. So, but right now, I would be more uh, happy with the way I would do it now. I've seen it. You know, the way I'm presenting it, you know, because I, this nuances is how you connect and it's what you do. What, if that's what you that's what you want to do, if you have that skill set, you know, try to work that skill set out. That's one thing you taught How do you me. connect? You did yeah. uh, mention nuance to me on like to make a joke feel believable. Like I did a joke about uh, um, having trying to have sex with a girl and she took my glasses off. And you was like, you just act out and, you know, do a misdirection. Now, you ain't say it like that, but you told, what you told me to do was to act out mm-hmm. in misdirection. As opposed right. to just going up there and saying what I was saying. You, like, you gave me, you know, tags to make it a longer joke. And then I made it to a whole bit because now I had more than just one set up punchline. It was actually yeah. a story. Okay. And I added those well, details. I learned yeah, like, that's good. comics. That's good. You know, we all learn them, you know. So that way now, that's see, that's a prime example for... Uh, a particular joke that you do. So you utilize what you were able and comfortable in doing without overboard, you know, whatever your act out is, whatever your presentation was for that joke, created a small story, which was comfortable for how you presented it. Mm-hmm. You know, as opposed to someone said, all right, hey, John, do the, do like this. And you're like, that's not my, I don't, I'm not mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So however you actually were able to filter that joke through your own yeah, way of being <laughs> more animated you know yeah i just lower so. my glasses and lean in and squint and then i guess the laugh itself yeah because it's just subtle enough that i always think about that i'm like vince helped me do that shit in toledo i remember when i, I remember yeah. He, yeah. he pulled me aside the second right between the first and the second show and said hey man you should do this like this i said all right and that shit worked every time yeah i grew up on subtlety man i grew up i i, I like comedy i like over-the-top comedy i think we all do i like physical comedy yeah that makes but i also like that little bitty shit that that just the the straight man, the Dean Martin type shit with Jerry Lewis is going bananas, but Dean is the one that's uh that's straight lace, you know. I watched a lot of Carol Burnett was the same way. That 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 show's phenomenal, you know, just the sketches that they did, just the you know, they don't have to be overboard, they yeah. can just be normal, facial, just small movements. You catch it, you laugh, you keep it moving. So, you know, that along with the big over the top comedy. So I liked all of it. Yeah, I was watching a lot of Don Rickles recently. And mm-hmm. his thing was <laughs> his facial expressions, his tone, like he was the definition of sarcasm. Like he, he would just is, say yep. the wildest shit, but you like you know he he know he's wrong. He's acting like, you know, it's just, uh he's like yep. Archie Bunker with charm. Yep. Like That's a great description. Like it was I, I actually was, got to see him work live one time too. I actually oh. got to see him in Chicago. I was I was why actually what was I was in a festival but he was performing and uh, he had a big grand piano on stage and um, they introduced him so the piano the curtains went up whatever and the curtain is a guy playing a piano and there's about seven showgirls that came out you know it was a big like it's like the fifties and dun, 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 they're dancing and twirling and stuff you know. And then he comes out, you know, with his top hat and just like kicking, doing kicks and shit and spinning around, you know, and then he, then the music stops and he puts his hand on the, uh, on the, on the piano and he's breathing heavy. And this is the first thing out of his mouth. He's like, oh, 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 you up here, you're busting your ass for a lousy hundred grand. <laughs> so it's just, <laughs> man, it's just that's old school shit that just makes me laugh you know yeah bust your ass for a lousy hundred grand you know it's just uh, so 
that's funny, man. You know, the man. So that that's you know that's another style of comedy that you like. You know, it's, it's sarcastic. You know, the nuances. It's that old school. Hey, I gotta go, but but Timmy, do you have to take her? That bada bean, that kind of shit. Yeah. So, it's <laughs> just funny. You know, it's still funny. You know. So, oh yeah, yeah, I like it. I still think like because he the way he plays people. It would be called sassy now. Like it would be more considered sassy what he does, but he's a little more. Mm-hmm. It's slightly more aggressive because he's very aggressive. Like he's saying, <laughs> like he's being so direct that, like, it's a thing with Letterman and Denzel and him, and the little shit he says to Denzel about race is like, <laughs> it was like a whoo boy. You walking the line, but you know he knows what the line is. Still, yeah, yeah. he's dragging his foot across the line. Like fuck this line. But you know what, man? It's like it's funny, and it's because it's it's so direct that it's supposed to make you uncomfortable, but it's supposed to be sarcasm. You know, I mean, but it's old school stuff. It's lines that you know we don't use anymore. But that was they were killing lines. Like, hey, look at this guy in front here. Hey, uh, hey, hey, why you here? Is anybody watching my hubcaps? Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of shit. You know, this. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like. Hey, this Asian guy's up here. Hey, if you, who, who's washing my clothes? You know that kind of shit, man. So. It's yeah. funny, man. I like it. I, I mean, we won't. I don't know if we'll get back to that because uh, people think that in it, nobody can laugh at themselves, which is a very weird thing. Like you can't laugh at your group. I don't want a guy going on stage saying like a lot of mean racial shit. But if a guy makes a joke in that environment where we know he's joking, it's not so much right. of an insult, right? Like that's the part hey, where you it, know what. I'm sorry. I mean, that everybody should. Here's the thing, though. Everybody should be able to. Um, I mean, what makes what makes it funny? I mean, what is yeah. it? I mean, it's strange to be to racial. Me. You know, to be racial. What does that mean? Some people say you can't tell any racial jokes. I'm like, I, that isn't even. That is not. I don't know what that means. You know, because every great comic, he or she would talk about whatever they their environment is, and ultimately, black people. We'll talk about our, our experiences, you know, and you and you get it is racial. And that's some of the stuff. Some painful shit comes from that. And it's funny because you have to make it funny because otherwise the, the pain is too much. So if a white comic wants to do shit about black people. and But here's the thing, though. Personally, I think if he wants to do black jokes or whatever or she whatever that shit is. Is it racial? I don't know. Is it mean spirited? I don't know. But they should be able to say it because um, the society will take care of it long. If it's not funny and it's mm-hmm. hardcore racist and shit, somebody's gonna deal with you, you know. And if it's funny and has a racial element, then that's fine. But I will, I will never be in a position to tell somebody I don't want to hear that. You know, should a white guy should be it, use the word nigger? Yeah, if, if he wants, see what happens. You know what I mean? Yeah, we can't stop him, but we will. Like, no, he'll get yeah, stopped. I mean, I, yeah, that's what's like. We yeah, can't stop you know, him, but he'll be like, stopped. If, if, you, if that's what you, if that's the comic, that's what he or she wants to do, then they should. Then go ahead, man. You know, if it's funny, that's all the better. You know where where is this coming from? Why is your you know? Let me hear his perspective. Let me hear her perspective. So I don't give a fuck. You know, if you want to do a joke, but if you black or white one, you want to say the word nigga and then try it out. <laughs> you know, Good you know, luck. just you know, if you're trying to be edgy, trying to be educational, what are you trying to do? Just like a comic, do I want to do a rape joke? Hey, I wouldn't do it. I mean, you can make it funny. Let's see what happens. But I'm not going to tell you not to do it. Are you yeah. doing it just to shock people? Just so you can say, oh, I did it. I said the word rape and Hitler and 
you know, you know, all these comics have these little buzzwords they use to make themselves seem edgy because they said it on stage. You know, but why are you saying it? You yeah, know? we lost what, context. You know, we have lost context yeah. over time. Yeah, context is lost. I mean, some comics still have context. Because that's I mean, what, the good ones. That's do, to make but... great comics. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's what makes it funny. You know, why am I saying this? Why am I uncomfortable? <laughs> He's making me uncomfortable for a reason. So let me hang on for this ride. You know. Yeah. If your intentions are to make people angry, then that's not even comedy. Yeah, I realize that too. Like I, when I first started, I was looking at things like a uh, Corey Holcomb, the way he would just go into an audience and women came out in groups to hear him talk about other women. Yeah, and I would try that, but my delivery wasn't close. We could talk about we could talk about the same kind of girl in a very like judgmental way. But I didn't have the the cool he did. <clears throat> like, well, yeah, but but you didn't have the. I'm assuming you didn't have the uh, the childhood that motherfucker had either. You know what I mean? So he brought up he brought an element of of grime to it, which was true. It wasn't made up. Oh, no, I wasn't making I mean? it so up. But I would I'll be generalizing in yeah. the heart. But I'd be more I'd be more mean about it. So I'd be more uh, I'd dig a little deeper. I'd go too far though. Like he was right on the level of. Uh, teasing and insulting. I'm digging too deep and generalizing, so I'm getting. I, I, I mean, that's not really my style, anyways, because it was too. It wasn't like I like to hear it, but I couldn't perform it the same. Like it wasn't for who, for me. What joke? I mean, like I mean, because Corey goes pretty deep. Corey's talking. He does jokes about abortion. Yeah, I, like that. I mean, it's it's hilarious. I mean, it's funny when you when he, you hear him do it. It's hilarious. I mean, the, no, I, I had mean, a real joke. I, uh, me and an ex girlfriend yeah. in college. Uh, she had a pregnancy scare, and I said, we'll get an abortion. She's like, what? I'm like, well, you rather be a, a college graduate or a single mother. And I said it on stage, but I said it in real life, but, and it just didn't, it, it was a real story, but we joked, we joked about it in the college era, but when I said it on stage, they're looking at me like, oh, yeah, I get more groans than but, giggles. But you see, now that joke, despite itself, that's a statement. Now, here's the thing, the nuances come in to why, the, now see, that's a prime example of something that, um, how do you get your point across and still have this within the same context. So you want to be a single mom? What, what was what's the what, what was what was the, the, oh, the last part a, you said? A college graduate or a single mom? Yeah, okay. Th- that joke in and of itself is uh, that's not even that's a statement. That's a legitimate statement. But now, how would you make that funny? Like Corey, like here's the thing. Like a Corey, like hit, hit one of his example of um, uh, he said he picked this girl up from the um, <laughs> the abortion from the clinic. clinic. Playing, she, she got a car. <laughs> yeah, playing fifty. She's like playing on hip hop. Yeah. Hey, bitch, hey, you only kill her in the car. So, <laughs> you know, so you got to figure out how that's his way of making it funny because his cadence, his voice, his nuances, his look, he all that stuff he does makes that hardcore subject matter easy to take in, and you know this motherfucker ain't lying either. That's. You know, all those elements come into play to where people are like they they want to hear that shit deep down inside. They want to hear somebody just tell it like it is, no matter what. I don't care what this cancel culture does. I don't care how these people are being programmed to be ultraly liberal and try to be embracing of everything. Deep motherfuckers want to hear what's really going on. Yeah. So now you just have to. How do you filter that? How do you personally go? Okay, cool. How do I get this joke across? You know, and and, and fun, make it fun and make it enjoyable, and still get him to go ah, you know. 
Right. And Corey's a beast, man. That dude oh, man. makes me cry. Yeah, he makes me cry. I seen him live. I was on I was uh, on a date with a girl. He made me feel kind of uncomfortable because he was talking about things that I was doing to her. And I'm like, this guy, all right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, he does it all. Yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, you, you know, know, he said one nigga probably only brought you here tonight to let you know how he really feel about you. I'm like, damn, nigga. Uh, I wasn't trying to be subliminal. He like, but he, you know why he's... <laughs> Also, he says, he, I don't know, I'm not sure he does, even in, it, even, either in the beginning or somewhere, he goes, and she goes, folks, he goes, ladies, uh, I ain't shit. So you looking at, so, it, so he gives you exactly what he, to expect. He, just, just, he doesn't leave no stone unturned. It's not like he can tell her, he can ever, it's not like Corey can ever tell a joke and you go, well, why would he say something like that? <laughs> yeah, he don't you shock know? you. Yeah, I mean, because what he tells you who he is, so everything that comes out of it, you go, okay, well, fuck yeah, that's what that's what he would say, you know, and that's what I learned how to do too. When you, however, you want to get your point across, you let people know who you are and why you're saying it. So therefore, there's no discrepancy, you know. They're, they're not like shocked, like why would John say that? <laughs> well, in the beginning, motherfucker, he told you this is the kind of person he is. <laughs> yeah, I still got to build equity. I'm still, I mean, I still learn about it like a, a set, like you know, when you get. Getting back to it after, you know, the last year, it's just you, I had bad mechanics already and I just kind of was fixing them. So in that time off, I reverted back to my bad mechanics. When I see myself performing, I hear my sets. I'm like, damn, I'm still doing that. I, I got to stop doing that. I got to see game mm-hmm. film again. So it's, it's been a weird rebuilding period, but I, uh, I appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, you, if you, whatever, whatever mechanics you're going to work on, you know, you got individually, you know, this go back and this and this specifically work on that one thing you know if you go up two or three times a week just work on that one thing you know and and just if, if that's how you want to get better you know you want to get better at you know act it out if that's what your thing is it act out every joke i mean just force yourself to do that just get silly with it and mm-hmm. just go over the fucking top and that way you know how to bring it down you know you're sat you're not you're, what you're doing is you're actually having the an exercise with yourself that um, will benefit you because you're not just going up and going, okay, I'm going to tell these jokes X, Y, Z. You know, you're going up and going, okay, I'm just going to see what happens. I'm going to tell them, but I'm going to just, I'm going to go over the top. And, th- and the crowd may laugh because they, they're sensing you going over the top. And you may find a little, a rhythm like, oh, okay, I like that, you know? Mm-hmm. And, you, you know, okay, so whatever you want to work on, work on it, and you know, specifically for that week and then work on something else. You know, I'll work on two things, you know, but it make it fun. <laughs> Especially if you have the rhythm space, you know, if you got the open mic nights to make it fun, go up, make it fun. I was at an open mic night last night, you know, and uh, I didn't go up, but I was just watching. And it's, just, it's fun, man, because it's half the time. Nobody's laughing at that motherfucker. Yeah, those are the worst. But it makes you better because you get you get your yeah, joke out. I mean, that's I mean, I mean, worse, but also also. The best too, because that's what it should be. It's a workout room. Yeah, you know what I mean. You working out, so ain't nobody killing. You know, you shouldn't be killing <laughs> unless you got the. You know what I mean? Unless you, you know, you 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 got all the cylinders firing. You know, it should be sporadic ha-has and a couple of moans and people like oh, this motherfucker should quit. There should be a lot of hush. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's a lot of different things going on. So, all right, well, I, I liked it. Before I let you go, I got to get uh, one or two things because we don't got to be on theme. Uh, either you tell me one of the worst bombs you witnessed 
or a worst bomb you experienced yourself? I prefer one that you had yourself, but I let some people get off the head. Oh, okay. I, here's, one, here's one worst bombs. One worst bombs. Um, for me. And I witnessed it too, so I'm killing two birds with one stone. I'm on stage at the, uh, what was it, the Baltimore Comedy Factory. The Comedy Factory in Baltimore. And that was around the time that they were doing, um, over the weekend, they would do this, um, you buy a ticket, you buy one price, and it's all you can drink. Mm. So they would do like a $25 ticket. You know, and I mean, and so, and that mean you could drink all throughout the whole show. So that's how that was that, you know, and it was getting grimy. And I, and I was, that was about, that was back when I wasn't able to kind of bob and weave like I wanted to. I was just giving shit like, you know, bam, bam, bam. And, uh, these Negroes were not having it, man. And <laughs> this one dude jumped up and said some shit like, what do you say? He goes, uh, shut the fuck up with your Malcolm X looking ass. <laughs> and then I, and then I just... You know, and I, I've learned throughout my comedy career. I don't. I go. I, I can break you down, but I'm not going at you like I can. I'm not trying to go at you and, and break you down. I'm gonna use your ignorance, you know, to my to my advantage. So I was like, so you, so that's a, so now that's I'm supposed to be offended because you called Malcolm X. You know, I was bro, I was like, I was like, do you even understand what you're saying, bro? And I, I was like, at this time, I said, I know your mom is at home looking through her closet, just looking at all the coat hangers. That she could have used. I was, I was, I was fucking him up. Boom, and people were getting up, paying a tab. All you heard was chairs <laughs> being scooted in. People were. <laughs> I looked up. There was, my hand to God. There was a line of people waiting to get out of the fucking showroom. <laughs> it looked as if. It looked as if. It was people. It, people waiting to buy tickets. These it was a fire drill. These motherfuckers were lined up two at a time, <laughs> waiting to get out that one door. <laughs> and, uh, it was back to. I mean, I didn't have a cell phone, but I was. I was always taking a picture of that. I say probably about seventy percent of people left. You said it was a fire hazard. It was like a fire. Yeah, nigga, that's so the funniest like a, shit to say for a bomb, nigga. I call it a fire hazard. Like, yeah. So, the so they were actually so. But me and this guy was going back and forth. But it wasn't like vicious. It was vicious. But I'm having fun with him. And it's uh, as it always has. Him and his girl stay <laughs> for the whole show. I finished up. Everybody who was still there, I got them back. I mean, it was it was an okay show. You know, you know, d- provided what I had to deal with, and then um, after the show, he comes over. This girl, oh, that shit was great. You know, we, I'm like, man, what the fuck? No, we're not no comedy duo. We're not taking this bullshit show on the road. Were you stand up and call me Malcolm X looking like? And seventy percent of the people walk out. Then no, this is not. This is not the, the comedy duo. Of the one that was one of the worst bombs I've ever had, bro. The, I mean, I mean, there I was bombing, but but I wasn't doing comedy. I was like just trying to keep him at bay and people it, it was getting people was like oh this shit ain't right you know and they were getting up and leaving so i had a fire drill of people it was it, it was it, it was a line waiting to get out so that was my one of my other ones i have several more but that was one of the first <laughs> that's a great that was story one of the work. a fire yeah, drill man <laughs> that's gonna be in the episode uh description <laughs> <laughs> like find out what a fire drill is yep Oh man. 
Well, I'm glad you came on the show, man. I appreciate it. I will see you soon. I'm going to be in, um, at the Funny Bone out there uh, in the end of May. No, beginning of May. Okay, keep me posted. Yeah, and I got something for you, too, coming up. Okay, that'll work. If I'm around, you know, I'm going to come up for sure. So, yeah, hit me up when we get off and let me know exactly what the dates are. All right, shout your uh, social media out. Okay. Uh, Vince Morris Comedy is my Instagram. Vince Morris, comedian Vince Morris is on Facebook. Um, add me. Uh, not add me. Actually, go like my page. And uh, that's about it, man. Vince Morris Comedy is Twitter as well, so. All right, I'm going to tag you, sir. Thank you for coming on my show, man. Appreciate it, man. Take care of that baby girl, man. Yes, sir. Congrats. Thanks, man. Thank you for listening to Friday Late Show, hosted by John Bruton. Friday Late Show is recorded live at the Golden Ox Studio in Cleveland, Ohio.